0: Hi, and welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Evening Community Podcast. We're a church community in Sydney, Australia, who are passionate about pursuing God together and seeing the world change by His love. We hope this message challenges and inspires you. For more talks and other resources, please visit our website, www.northridge.org.au. It's so good to see you. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm pretty doing doing Okay. Good. I'm yeah, not sure that what that means. wasn't convincing, was it? No, I'm not sure what that means, but
1: we're just going to push on really quickly and pray for you in a moment. Uh, so, first of all, can you tell us your full name? Uh, Mess. David McKenzie. That's a very strong name.
0: Thank you. Uh, and who lives in your house? Um, just me, kind of. It's like a granny flat. Who lives in, in, like, in the main house? Who lives on your property? Um, some chickens. Yeah.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. That's so cool. I didn't know they're stars yeah, and chickens.
0: Yeah, and Choc Mint are their names. Oh, that's amazing. Do the kids have a hand in naming them? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. One of them belongs to each of the kids. Okay, that's pretty cool. So Aiden, Lily, and other kids, and yeah. um, uh, Andrew and Sarah, who are uh, Hornsby Community Pastors.
1: Very good. Um, and what is one thing that you love about the vineyard?
0: One thing I love about the vineyard... Um, I love, it's a place for being real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like that. And, um, that kind of helps me with my talk because there's going to be some parts of it tonight that are a bit, like, real. Hopefully all of them are real, but you know what I mean when I say real, like, (laughs) Mm. um, yeah, sharing, sharing from the heart, not just sharing Mm. theory, but sharing stuff that touches the ground in Mm. our lives and, yeah. yeah. Well, can I pray for you? I would love that.
1: And then I'll let you loose on these poor people yeah. <laughs> well Lord Jesus thank you so much for Matt thank you for the gift that he is to this church and to your kingdom, thank you for the incredible journey that you've taken him on in his life um, Lord we just, we acknowledge that um, when we're mm. in moments of vulnerability um, that the enemy's really really interested in getting in amongst those and ruining them so Lord we just um, break the power of the enemy over um, anything that Matt has to say tonight, mm. Lord we just, um, we just we command the enemy to leave this room and never come back um, and we just, um, Maddie we just pray um, a special grace over you to share with courage, to share with boldness and to just release something in this community. Mm. Lord, And we just pray that um, as you speak, that we would be set free, that we would be changed by your love and changed for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, mm. amen.
0: Amen. Go for it, mate. That was an awesome prayer, Chris.
1: Thank you, I've been practicing.
0: <laughs> Let me just get my, oh, there they are. I've got this big sprawl here, Find line map. Um, so I'm hoping we don't get through all of it, because then we'll be here till like eight o'clock. Um, yeah, so my name's Matt, and it's really good to be with you here tonight. Um, the title of the, the talk that Chris gave me to do is called The Problem of Sin. Is everyone getting excited? Like... To put it a bit more specifically, we're, we're in a series about identity, um, and I guess to, this week we're kind of considering this idea of like, well, what does it mean if, we, if we've been given a new, a new spirit through Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, if we've been regenerated, if we have a, um, a new life in Christ, what does it actually mean that if... What does it actually mean if we sin as Christians? Um, And I I think tonight I was tempted to think really kind of introspectively, which sometimes this topic draws us to. Um, But just this week I was really, um, I just decided to watch a video on the, the, the Welsh revival and it was something that really touched me. So there was this guy called Evan Roberts, and he, um, <coughs> he was schooled in Wales up until the age of 12, uh, and then he left, his, um, he left his school to actually work in a coal mine. The family needed the help. And um, he used to sort of travel everywhere with his Bible, and he had such a hunger to see his nation flare up in revival. I don't even think he knew what it would look like. I don't think he quite expected what actually happened. Uh, but in 1904 in Wales. They experienced a massive revival and he was a key proponent of that. And the reason I bring that up is that I think that Evan was someone who, for whom it clicked what his identity was. It clicked for him that he, um, that he lives and moves in Christ. He had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He knew that his sin was forgiven. And from that place, he was able to, to steward a revival that actually ended up impacting nations. And the reason I share that story to begin with is when I say the problem of sin, I think a lot of us automatically turn inward and think, oh, yeah, so that stuff in my life that's, not qu- that's a bit out of joint or maybe a lot out of joint, um, <coughs> all of that stuff, I've kind of got to go away to my own corner to kind of deal with it. And then I come back to the rest of the group so that, you know, when I'm clean and, and all of that stuff. Um, who's ever played the squiggle game? So the squiggle game, to change tack, is a is a game where you take a piece of paper, I highly recommend this game, and you draw a squiggle on it, and then you give it to someone, and they have to draw a picture out of the squiggle. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't... Is, oh, is it called Mr. Squiggle? Well, he's a guy who did it on television. Yeah, true, 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 true. Well, I, I call it the squiggle game. Um, and the reason I bring the squiggle game up... <laughs> it does have a purpose. Is um, you can make anything you want out of the squiggle. Um, and sometimes with the, with the experiences in our lives, what we really need is a way of... of how do we frame those experiences theologically... Um, How does God see us? Basically, if God's given the squiggle, what does he draw? And often it's quite different from what we would draw. We experience things, and we we can put any number of stories around that little squiggle. But what we're really after is the true story, isn't it? Because that's the the picture that's going to have the most meaning for our lives. Yeah. To start... And so when we're asking this question of identity, I really want to just start, start from the basics. That Romans 8, 1 to, 1 to 4 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the, law of, um, for the law of the spirit of life has set us free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, Weakened as it was in the flesh, God did, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He he fulfilled in us the righteous requirement of the law that we might walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. And it's from that point that I want to begin. That that's, that's who we are. If we are in Christ, there is no condemnation, there is no accusation against us. Not one. One of the, one of the quotes I love, um, uh, and to kind of acknowledge the other side of it, one of the quotes I really love from a, a guy called Bill Johnson. <coughs> he says... When we became Christians, we didn't lose the ability to sin, we just lost the ability to enjoy it. And I, and I, I really love that, because it, it just so accurately portrays the reality of it, doesn't it? Like We didn't lose the ability, the, the choice is still there, but because the Spirit of God resides in us, there's something in us that is stirred up, that wants to see change, that wants to see... Um, to see us walk in the fullest identity of what it means for there to be no condemnation for us in Christ Jesus. Um, and so, there's a few elements to this. I would, I would I propose to you that, yes, we've had a heart change, yes, there's been something very deep at the core of our being that has shifted, <coughs> that God sees us righteous in his Son, washed in his blood, but we have to acknowledge the reality that we, we do from time to time, or, or sometimes um, as a habit, in the case of something like addiction, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, we do have these things in our lives that crop up. And we have to ask the question, well, what does it mean? How do I, how do I fill out the rest of this squiggle um, to make sense? Uh, And there's just two places I want to land on that, and that's in Romans 12. It says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but through the transform... Oh, thanks, Jen. I needed that. Yeah, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but by the renewing of your mind be transformed. So there's some element in which the way our thoughts shape our perception, which shapes our behavior. (coughs) And that is something we need the Holy Spirit to invite him in and to say, Lord, teach me new thoughts about myself. Teach me new thoughts about myself. Um, And then the, the, the second place I wanted to land is with the heart. That as Paddy said when he was here, he said we're in a war of worship. And while I, I truly believe that the Spirit has come and done a mighty work in anyone who calls Jesus Lord, don't we live in an environment where there's lots of options? Where there's lots of options to, um, yeah, to, to sin, to, to, to put something else in that God spot, uh, whatever it is. And so we live in an environment where there's options for, where there's options to sin. We haven't been, we haven't, Experience the fullness of the new creation stuff that doesn't come to subdue his you know subdue enemies and, and and all that kind of stuff that happens at the end time he's in the process of doing that and there's also an influence in the world um, the devil is in the world he tempts uh, he has he has resources at his disposal for for tempting and if 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 the devil can't stop you from becoming a Christian, he will try to make you ineffective as a Christian. And so what we want to be aware of is that we're actually... Um, that we're taking on the thoughts of God that shape our behavior, shape, and that, and that we're keeping our heart in a place of worship before God And um, you can argue with me on this one. Maybe not right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know of a New Testament scripture that speaks of sin as a destiny or fate for the Christian, but only speaks of sin as an option. Now, sandwiched between Romans 6 and Romans 8 is Romans 7. Well, yeah, it's good good word. (laughs) um, um, Yeah, wow. That's just crazy. I didn't even do maths in my last year of school. That's a true story. Um, Romans 6 is is the chapter about uh, baptism. And it it kind of concludes with this sort of like, so therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. Um, and Romans 8, there's no, therefore no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. But Romans 7 is this really like weird um, passage, and we're not going to talk a lot about it, but this is, I just wanted to bring this up because I think it's <coughs> one of the passages people sometimes point to to say, well, we're in this consistent struggle, and go, you know, read it in your own time. But basically it's the passage which, t- which is talking about Paul's... Um, well, arguably not Paul's, but an experience of someone under the law and their experience of sin. It's the one that talks about, um, so, you know, I'm not doing what I wished I would do, I'm doing the very thing that I... You, know, you remember that one? Uh, and the very interesting part about that passage is that it, if we read it on its own, it can be quite confusing. If we read it sandwiched between Romans 6 and Romans 8, we realise that he's telling a story and a journey that concludes with Romans 8 which is the freedom from, the, um, freedom from sin in the power of the Spirit. In fact, the word Spirit only occurs once in that passage. Um, it says, the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold as a slave under sin, which obviously cannot um, stand up under what um, Paul talks about the current Christian journey in Romans 6, <coughs> talking, us, talking about us being dead to sin and alive to Christ. So I just thought that would be a practical kind of theological point to, to, yeah, just stir up some, um, yeah, just to, to kind of illuminate that, that fact. that I don't know of a New Testament passage which talks about um, Christians having a destiny to sin as if, as if there were some power that bound them and they must sin. I think, I think we need to have a posture of humility, though, when it comes to this topic. I think we need to acknowledge when we make the wrong choice for whatever reason. Uh, and the kind, of, the kind of love that God has, it's not the love that brushes things under the carpet. It, it brings them out into the light, and we have to admit that that's sometimes a, a scary and painful experience, in, especially in the context of our relationships. <coughs> I guess, But um, having covered some of that, uh, I guess, theological ground... Um, I really wanted that, that when people walked away tonight that they would have a great sense of hope over uh, our struggles with, with various things, and as I was preparing for this message, I really did feel um, that I was to make this a, yeah, a bit, a bit personal, and so i 'm going to share some of my testimony. And it's a testimony of God helping, like God breaking into my life, helping me overcome uh, an area of sin. So, in 2011, I became very ill. Um, I still don't fully know what happened, but it was kind of a perfect storm of of spiritual attack and and um, some psychological stuff that had kind of gone unchecked that I didn't I didn't fully understand. Um, it ended up in me having a nervous breakdown. And for about five years, I was stuck in this place. And one of my coping mechanisms while I was there uh, was that I actually developed quite a... I don't know what you, what adjective to use, but quite a severe kind of gaming addiction. So I, I played a lot of video games. Um, and and what, what I want to say at the outset is that when I say gaming addiction, the, the part I'm focusing on as sin is not the gaming part, it's the addiction part. Um, I don't, if, you, if you game and that's something you enjoy, I don't, I, I don't have anything against that. For me personally, it's not a place I can go because it's so inseparable from the addiction part, if that makes sense. And I just want to tell a little bit of a story of how the, yeah, the chain-breaking God um, helped me get out of that. Fortunately, in 2016, I had an encounter with God in my bedroom, and He he set me free of the root of the thing that I was struggling with. I still had this uh, dependency on gaming. Um, I don't know of anything that is more effective in destroying hope than an addiction, the way that it erodes our ability to trust ourselves, to make decisions and stick to them. I know nothing um, of that kind of power, and I think our world testifies to that, and, 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 and within the church, that we, 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 we find that addiction is, is still a thing that we have to talk about. That, and, and fitting it into this theological framework <coughs> can seem difficult at times. But before I go on, I just want to say that, you know, God is the chain-breaking God if you have something in your life that you struggle with consistently and it's, it's habitual and it feels like there's no way out, I just want to take a moment just to speak over that and to pray into that. That God is the chain-breaking God. He will break the chains of those things that bind us. Um, and as I share my, my own story, I realise it's going to be different for everyone. I'm not trying to trivialise or take away from the pain of that that journey as i kind of compress this into you know a few minutes but i just wanted to go through some some practicals that um, that have helped me on this journey uh, and so <coughs> having played about 9 to 10,000 hours in 5 years i haven't done the maths on that i don't really want to in terms of but it was yeah it was pretty intense but the practicals of getting free for me looked like this, that the faith played a big role, and kind of in an interesting way, maybe not in the way that you'd expect. I had to learn to see myself as God saw me, even, at, even at the, in conjunction with the times where I was not uh, living up my ref standards in that area, where I, where I was giving in to the gaming addiction. Because for me, it had become a refuge. It had become... An alternate, an alternate space in which I didn't have to deal with, with, the, um, with the issues of my own life, with the real, the real kind of tangible, you-can-touch-it-feel-it life. I had to learn that seeing myself as God sees me and staying connected to my destiny and God were essential to overcoming Because what is your destiny in God? Do you know that? It's not that's not like a a, a shame question. That's just a a practical. Like get, get people around you who can who can speak into your identity and say, Wow, I really see that you can minister powerfully in this way, or you could, you know, you could really impact this area of society, or and what has God called you to do and is, is there sin that's holding you back from fully stepping into that? I mean, that's, that's honestly one of the, the biggest things that has kept me going is, is you guys. You know, like I would, I would think about kind of tossing it all in and saying, look, I'm just done, I want to go back to that, um, to that life of addiction because it's comfortable, I know it, it, it gives me a sense of achievement while... <coughs> while sort of um, you know, st- taking a lot at the same time. It steals a lot from you. But I, but I would, each week you know, I, I committed to coming to this community and I thought, well, if I give myself to that, I'm robbing people of, of who I could be in this space. And so thank you. Yeah, I, I, there's so many of you who have, in such a real way, inputted into that journey of freedom for me. Um, so that first point was, was just that faith, faith aspect that, that you need to even at the times where you fail or you stuff up you need to learn to invite God into those spaces and see how God sees you in those moments, shrinking back person but as someone who by the grace of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit has made you has made you alive um, the second one has been confession, um, and I mean that just in the sense of of let people into your story. Like, <coughs> even even in this last week, even though I'd gone for a very long a long patch of not really have any having any cra- cravings for the gaming stuff, I found that I need actually needed to to message two of my friends, Chris and where's Chris? I don't know where he went. Oh, that's Chris, Chris and Ando, and I had to I had to message them and say, guys, look. I feel like I, I might be tempted with this gaming stuff this week. Can I just let you know? Because once someone knows and once it's out in the open, the, uh, you know, most of the power disappears. Um, not, not for every addiction and not for, not for um, you know, every issue, but I found for me that that's really been a, a key, to, key to walking in, in the fullness that God has for me. is just letting people in. And often we don't want to for a number of reasons. It might be the shame thing. It might be, look, if they see me, they'll reject me. Or it might just be that, um, yeah, honestly, there were probably times where I'd, I wish I could just go and, and, you know, and do the gaming thing and, and kind of lose myself in that world again. But there's, there's a certain discipline, isn't there, just to say, look, I'm struggling with this. I'm going to let you win because I know what I'm made for. I know what I'm made for. I'm made for the glory of God. I'm made to release his power into the earth. That's my destiny. That's my identity. So sin thrives in the darkness, in the hidden place. When we bring it out into the light, a lot of its power is broken. Acknowledge it, but don't be defined by it. That's important. You need to find people who aren't going to place you in that box. But at the same time, they're not going to let you run away from, from what's defining you. Because often we find it's the things that we don't share that define us, um, which is kind of ironic. You'd think that the things that we outwardly do would define us, but actually, no, sometimes it's the hidden things that define who we are. And then the last thing, I've, I've kind of touched on this, so I'll, I'll finish up fairly quickly, but just community, we, we are stronger in community and I, and I think one of the things I wish I'd maybe done a little differently is not it's easy with addiction I think to develop an um like a, a me and them mentality where it's like I'm the one who struggles and I have this problem and everyone else is just doing fine and they're like you know they're, they're sweet and they are you know cruising along and it's just you who's got the problem and I and I just want to say that that's probably not true like I haven't asked everyone but but I, I know that I know that as a community, we, you know, we're human. We have things in our life that God has yet to, to we've yet to see the fullness of what God can do in those areas. So don't separate yourself mentally from people. Um, I think that's a big one. You see, you, you know, Romans eight one again. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Yeah, and and the more we can embrace connection with other people, true connection with other people, um, we find in that an antidote to the power of addiction. When we stay connected, um, you know, not many of us, I think, could break uh, break an addiction by brute force of will. But I think in a, in the power of community, and then <coughs> using some of these tools. I think there is freedom. I know there is freedom. Um, And of course, by the power of the Spirit. It's all by the power of the Spirit. It's not our own work. You know, he can, I've heard stories, you know, of people setting people free from cigarette addictions in a moment. They just, it's there one moment and it's gone the next, just in the power of God, by the touch of his Holy Spirit. And um, I want to sort of finish there, but to recap, I just want to say that with that story that I shared at the beginning this this isn't just for us God wants us to walk in our identity and he wants us to experience the fullness of that but think about who the people are in your life who are missing out when you don't get to walk in in fullness of life that we are new creations that we are we no longer regard anyone according to the flesh that we are new creations that we, the old has passed away. The new has come, and that's what we want to reinforce in our in our community and in our, in our relationships. And <coughs> sorry, yeah. As I as I sort of bring this to a close, um, I'm just going to invite Chris up, um, not to play, but to 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 chat. And, um, And I think at this point it would be good if... I, I, like, I feel there is some ministry to do and, and it's not going to be like singling anyone out or making anyone do anything that they don't want to do. But I really believe that there is... One, that there's power in testimony. Um, I'm hoping that for some of you who have felt in hopeless situations, that even just hearing someone else's story of someone who struggled with something, um, even if it's not what you're struggling with, that you, you felt a prick of hope like a, a little tangible kind of like, oh, this could be me. Uh, I, could, I could walk out of this. And um, So why don't we all stand? And I'm just going to pray a general prayer over us. And um, so, Lord, will we just bring before you our hearts, our very hearts. Lord, we know that you've given us new identities in the Lord. In your son, Lord, you've, you've called us. How wonderful it is that we'd be called children of God. We just thank you so much for that. And um, I want to invite, um, I've got two things that I feel like people might need prayer for. And <clears throat> you know, no one's going to know what what you're kind of coming up for, so there's, there's no need to feel that, any shame. But uh, with addiction, and you've you've had family members, or you've had you've watched people walk that journey, and, and you just wish there was more. You had a, a a power by the Spirit actually to to help set free people from addiction. Uh, and the other group of people, I want to invite up, is that if you have something in your life that is, a, is habitually taking away from the fullness that you could be walking in, um, I, would, I would really ask that you would consider coming out and letting us pray for you, uh, coming up the front and letting us pray for you. Um, and as I said, we've been quite tactical in, in sort of having two groups of people. No one's going to know what, uh, what's sort of going on for you, but... If something in the message tonight has touched you in a way, and you, you want to see you want to see breakthrough for people, um, and then if one of those people is yourself, then i'd just say that you 're with family here you 're with people who won 't judge you um, yeah, Chris
1: yeah, I just I feel like what Maddie shared tonight um, there's just such a parent testimony hey um, and while um, while Matty was speaking, I just had this um, this really clear picture. Um, and it was all of us. We're kind of on the end of a river. Um, and and Matty sort of like ran, in, ran ran up and jumped in. And he's, he's sort of there in the river. And he's, he's, he was like the first one to go. And I think when you share a testimony publicly, it's kind of being like the first one in the river. And he sort of tested the waters and he's like, and there's just this sort of sense of joy that Matt has. Hmm. Um, and I think sometimes when we, we have some like big stuff to pray for, it can feel like the, the measure of success of prayer ministry is when lots of people are like crying and falling over. Hmm. But I just have this sense that tonight actually what the Lord wants it to be like is well, you know, first of all, like you know I just I feel like what, what the Lord wants the outcome of prayer ministry tonight to be is just joy. Hmm. Um is just is just joy. Because he's he's gonna set some people free. Um, now we we kind of like we, we like making church a safe space in the vineyard, and we like um, you know not making people do things they don't want to. Um, so I realise it's quite confronting to say if you're struggling with an addiction, then come down the front. Um, that's why Maddie's kind of provided those two options. Um, but I, I kind of feel like sometimes you just got to get wet, <laughs> like you just got to jump in, um, and and even if you're not quite ready for it, I I just feel like this. You know, it's sometimes so easy to get caught up in, you know, coming to church and, you know, we we hear a cracker of a sermon like that, and we're like, okay, I'll go away and think about it. But I just feel like God wants to do some healing now, and He wants to do some setting people free now. Um, So if you, if you, number one, if you are struggling with an addiction or you are in a position of oppression, whether that's um, under a person or under the enemy, then in a moment we'll invite you to come out. Um, If you have a heart to see people set free from those kind of situations, then we'll uh, invite you to come out. So if you're one of those two groups, can you just come down the front now? We'd love to pray for you.
0: That's
1: awesome. So good. There's a few more people jumping in. That's awesome. So good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I get the sense that there's a few people who've got um, something that's kind of a bit buried. And you kind of like, actually, I'm, I'm sort of fine as long as that stays buried. Um, God, I think God would like to kind of deal with that tonight. So if that's you, then invite you to come out as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, so Should
1: we get people to come and Yeah, yeah, if you're a praying person um, then just want to encourage you to just come forward and um, let's just begin to pray for these guys and girls, that's awesome Let's just, let's love on on community together Mm. That's awesome, and if you're not a praying person then find someone who just came up and learn because it's good Yeah We just need a um, a few more guys um, just up this side, would be awesome Hmm
0: Yeah, and it just, mm. Phil just kind of mentioned to me, he felt like when I, when I was talking about that idea of rewriting the story, reinterpreting experiences, mm. um, if that's something that sort of touched on your heart, um, and whether that's for yourself or... Um, I'm not exactly sure how that might apply, but if that really kind of touched on you, mm. that whole idea of, of taking the squiggle and, and turning it into something... Um, meaningful and beautiful and perhaps that and having to overwrite an existing story then, then please come out and uh, we'll pray That's awesome